Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Splash Play, the fantasy football slash DFS slash sports betting podcast. We have a very special show for you guys today. We are breaking our two-man crew for a very special guest. It is Ian Harditz from Pro Football Focus. He will be joining us momentarily, but for now, Spags and I have to get in to everything that's going on. Chris, we got Thursday night football going. How are we feeling tonight on Splash Play? I mean, Cordero Patterson just got a big play. That is the guy who Ian Harditz has dug his feet into the ground on. So it's got to be good juju for him, for us, for everybody who's watching this right now. So hit that like button and subscribe. And Pete, I'm ready to do the intro if you are. It was a little abrupt. <laughs> so we, we got. I warned you. you. I warned you. You're you're doing. Uh, so we we have to tell you guys. Normally, it's it's some combination of me and Trey producing today. Though it is going from profitable Pete to production Pete, doing it all on his end to make sure we have the the most comfortable, seamless experience for our boy Ian Hart. It's coming on today. So Pete, you're pulling double duty today. How does it feel to be in the really the Captain Picard, the the emotional leader of the show right now, doing the production stuff? You know, I, I luckily have a pretty firm grasp on StreamYard at this point. There are some quirks, like you said. Ideally, you fade out that music as we're talking. StreamYard doesn't allow that. I have referred multiple people to StreamYard. I feel like I should have a relationship with their head honcho, and I can put in these feature requests. So StreamYard, if you're listening, give me an audio upload that I can do underneath our intros. Here's one thing I'm noticing too, and this is not, I think, I think this has actually just been how it's been the last few weeks, but more prominent since you changed your setup. I look particularly ghoulish in like in the lighting compared to you who has like a rosy, like, oh, I just had a great tan kind of situation here. I don't know what our lighting setups change. Maybe I have too much on the white lights here and you have uh, a good, you, you have the orange lights. Is that because it's, you look gorgeous, man. I feel like <laughs> men can say that it, to each other or being supportive. This is what I, this is what I look like, Nora, if I turn off the lights. Uh, you okay. know? Yeah, that's a little, we're ready for some ghost stories with that. Yeah. It's funny you say that too, because uh, recently on the Swolecast, people have been giving uh, Dave Kitchen a hard time about how pale he looks. So maybe my new lighting segment is making all my co-hosts look less flattering. I feel like I'm like Raul Julia or in the Adams family. Like, I'm, I mean, hopefully slightly more vibrant and alive one would think, but, but still it's definitely, you're ready. Like you're ready for like a morning national TV show. I feel like with the camera lighting you have set up. You know what? This is a nice shift because you were calling me just this low rent, lava lamp, neon light frat boy. And now you're saying I'm ready for a morning show. Look at how I've evolved. Well, it would be like the, it would cut to you and they'd be like, oh, it's frat mornings with Petey Sunshine. And it's you coming <laughs> on. You're like, hey, what's up, guys? It's me and my lights on. But look at this great tan out here. And the, it's funny. You look like you'd be the one in LA and I'd be the one in a dreary basement in Boston. <laughs> Do you know what you look like in yours? You look like you are like playing piano at like a bar like right now and you have your just little you know your thing open for tips there and you're gonna do some covers hey a little billy joel never hurt anybody and you know what else never hurt anybody hitting that like button and subscribe button if you're watching on youtube right now we appreciate it a bunch it's even though we're having big name guests like ian hart it's coming on today from pff just a little mom and pop shop here with me and pete playing the roles of i guess depending upon the week who's the mom pete gorgeous today he has to be the mom <laughs> so, besides that it's just us doing everything so help us out hit the like button and subscribe and of course Follow at Splash Play Pod. 
Um, we're, well, let's tease it out a little bit here. Pete, we did not hear back from our girl, Gina, who won the first giveaway of this momentous Arnie Weinmeister prize that has given Pete all the DFS and sports betting success in the world. Now it's up for grabs again. And I think we're gonna, what we're going to do, I mean, we can agree on air, but just give it to one of the commenters. I feel like the people who support us, who are the most ground level ground swell of support for us. Like if we give to somebody in the YouTube comments, I think we've done a good job for everybody. I I'm, I'm completely on board with that, but I will say, as you mentioned, this thing has brought me so much good luck that if one of our commenters does not claim it, I am just keeping it. The giveaway is done. I guarantee the second I send this off, I'm going to go on a, you know, a 50 day losing streak. It feels like it would be one of our bits that we would do where we do a giveaway where we never actually get to give away the prize and we keep making up fake people who are winning it. But we legitimately want to give this away and we cannot. And that's that's what hurts. But maybe you don't. Is it that does the cruel? It's it's very similar. This idea of like, you know, we're joking around about, you know, this giveaway and blah, blah, blah. And now I legitimately don't want to give it away because I think it actually has some luck value. It's like how I started doing Patrick Laird as a bit. And now I'm friends with Patrick Laird and I get mad anytime anyone says anything mean about him. You know, these bits just turn into very real things for me. Have you texted him over the last few weeks or DM or whatever your form of communication is? Yeah, uh, the form of communication is I have i message up so since i have an apple account and he does not want to text with me on my android <laughs> phone so i'm with davis and him in an iMessage thread so if i'm away like i won't see a message if i'm away from my computer so it's basically only when i'm at the computer i'll get messages but yes he's uh we were we were talking to him uh the other day is it just like you guys bashing miles gaskin in the chat <laughs> me i'm like yeah he does what's he even doing out there he's no laird man and he's like yeah bro and he like he hits the like thing he doesn't even reply the funny thing is is we did a draft with him and we were kind of you know busting on jordan howard and matt Breida, and he was fine with that but he's like really good friends with miles gaskin like they're the buds and so i he's he's legitimately very stoked for for miles <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad his publicist the <laughs> opics of the patrick laird regime <laughs> And be out there, but no political talk here. It's all positive things and all our usual bits that we need to hit on. And um, I guess, should we talk Thursday night football? Cause the game is still on right now. We're almost at halftime. I feel like there isn't a ton to take away from this game so far, kind of a bit of a rock fight with the bucks and the bears. But um, to me, Tyler Johnson is the one guy who I uh, did not know existed until this morning. Then saw people talking about him with uh, Chris Godwin out again and Justin Watson joining him on the sidelines, along with O.J. Howard, who we talked about on Sunday's show, um, his Achilles tour. So he'll be probably out the rest of the year. And I think Tyler Johnson, I mean, Scotty Miller on paper looked like a guy who would benefit here. Tyler Johnson looks pretty explosive. He's not doing a ton, but um, still relative to his salary on the showdown, it's like 200 bucks. I think he's intriguing if all these guys for the Bucks are going to keep being out. Yeah, he. I uh, just saw Mike Clay say he's played uh, 83% of the snaps right now for the Bucks, so he's definitely that guy in, in their three wide sets with Mike Evans and Scotty Miller. And then I was looking up his kind of college production. I know in dynasty circles, he was a guy people were intrigued by because he was really productive at Minnesota, and he broke out at early age. And a lot of times those guys, they're not the, you know, physical, you know, freaks that are going to come in and have a huge ceiling, but they, they can come in and catch balls from a good quarterback. Yeah. And, and he's looking good. I mean, the one play where he broke three bears tackles granted a little bit of a reflection on the bears defense, not being what it was, which is kind of funny. Cause I think this is one of those things where you watch the the show with Troy Aikman and, um, and, you know, talking a lot about the bears defense still being great. And this year they don't look great. I think that particular play where Tyler Johnson got to, I think the five yard line on one big play, like the, the defense not looking good and he evaded some tackles. And I was honestly impressed. He's a small dude, but, but brought a little bit of the wood on those hits. 
Yeah, I think he's uh, he's fun to watch there. And, you know, I've also been paying attention to this uh, Ronald Jones saga here. He's kind of operating as a true bell cow right now. They was, you know, they had Fournette active after he was listed doubtful. And that was kind of spooky. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, who I thought was going to get more work tonight, hasn't been doing much. It's all Rojo right now. Yeah, some third down work for Vaughn. But yeah, that situation before the showdown really screwed me up because I, I had no Fournette. Then they're like, oh, Fournette's active because he was being called doubtful before the game. Then it turned out he's an emergency active. He has not seen, I think, a single snap today. He's legitimately an emergency play um, in case somebody gets hurt. And uh, that, you know, showdowns sometimes with an ugly matchup, hard to get up for them. Harder to get up when there's three different lineup changes right before the game. Yo, I was in the exact same boat as you. I had made a lineup set, assuming no Fournette, then scrambled to make a new one, even though I didn't get any Fournette into mine, but it did bring down my Rojo and Vaughn, which is what I mm -hmm. wanted. And then I see the Glazer report that he wasn't going to be more than an emergency back. So then I re-put in the first one again. So it was uh, it was a royal headache there. Very stressful for the showdown thought leader. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how could they do that to you, the showdown <laughs> thought leader? One of our guys, uh, Tyson, who's a big Bears fan, um, who's uh, tweets me a good amount about Bears stuff. Actually, very early on Darnell Mooney before I'd even heard anybody talk about him. He was like, this guy is one to watch. And now it seems like he's kind of usurping Anthony Miller's role. But um, he had tweeted me like, hey, what's the deal with Fournette? And I was like, yeah, you know, if Fournette's in, I think that makes Jones like have a 50 percent chance of being a top six play compared to a 75 percent chance if he's um, if he's out. And that's, of course, according to our friends at the Monte Carlo Sims, my Excel spreadsheet, hard work that's gone in there. But like, it's a pretty big difference. And for a showdown, like that little bit of difference is the entire edge and the entire chance you have of getting an ROI. Yeah, I know. That's why I was completely willing to rerun my set because it's like a lot of people are going to be too lazy to not update it based on the Fournette projections. Because like you said, even if you're not getting Fournette, it shifts around the projections on the other guys. Two points is massive in showdown. Yeah, so... Uh, lots of things to keep on an eye on here with this game. And of course, we'll watch it and we'll see if anything interesting happens here throughout the rest of the game. Um, looks like did Vaughn just get blown up. Somebody got blown up here. For the, yeah, that was Vaughn getting yeah. smoked. On All right. Well, uh, tough, tough luck for Keyshawn on that hit, at least. But he looks like he's OK. So that's good. Um, either way, we got to do our big segment here before we get Ian on from Ian Hart. It's, of course, from PFF, host of the PFF Fantasy Podcast. Does a great job, did a great job at Roto World in the past few years. Now he's at PFF helping shore up some of their content over over there um he'll be coming on in a little bit but numbers don't lie that is purely a me and pete thing this is one our one time of the week to bond over me trying to deceive pete where we give out three interesting stats and pete guesses which two are true and which one is false and are you ready for this pete because you have uh you beat the system the one week that i completely screwed up the game entirely <laughs> yeah i think that was the only week the other times you've gotten me and the reason we would never do this with someone like ian is he's immersed in the stats all yeah. week and could much more easily sniff these out where some of this stuff is going right by me. I still am shook by Peyton Barber's, you know, 19 red zone touches week one. Yeah, there's a, always a fun stat angle that we can take here. So let's get into the first one. Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen has clearly made strides this year, but there are two stats that point to his success. He had a, he's had an 82% adjusted completion rate, more accurate than anybody besides Russell Wilson and Jared Goff. He's also been great under pressure. The 118 QB rating with 74% accuracy. That means he's hitting the receivers if they drop it. That's not on him. He's got a 74% accuracy rate with his throws. Pete, did those numbers sound true to you in this year where Josh Allen is a legitimate MVP candidate? Yeah, those those ring true for me. I, I feel like Josh Allen's been very good. I feel like he's been efficient. He's been limiting mistakes. He's getting helped out by his weapons. That one checks out. 
All right, here's one uh, about a guy in the news this week because he's benched now despite being a young QB. The recently benched Dwayne Haskins is just a bit worse than Allen. Even though he had Terry McLaurin by his side, he had a 33% accuracy rate under pressure. He's had just a 3.8 QB rating. To be clear, a perfect one would be 158. Uh, A good one would be in the 90s. Dwayne Haskins, 3.8 QB rating on his throws of 20 plus yards. Pete, how does that stat sound to you? Yeah, I think it checks out. I mean, I know for sure Logan Thomas has been really struggling, but those wouldn't be over 20 plus yards. It would mainly be Terry McLaurin. And I want to say Terry McLaurin's more been doing it on shorter stuff of late. So that that also checks out to me. And the last stat and numbers don't lie. Carson Wentz has gotten a bad rap this year, but maybe you can blame his poor play on his offensive line when he has over 2.5 seconds to throw. He leads the league with a 135 QB rating, somehow better than Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson, the metric for really all these good QB stats here. But in this one, Pete, out of all these three stats, which one lies to you? So big picture, like the underlying theme of each of these checks out for me. So now I'm really having to ridicule which number seems the most absurd. And honestly, you reminding me that the QB rating is all the way to 150, like 3.8 seems so implausible for me just because Terry McLaurin still has been really good. I'm going to say that that stat is, is the one that's lying. Nope. Dwayne Haskins is in fact that bad. A 3.8 QB rating for him. Let me get his numbers up here. Um, On the year, he has thrown 2.5 deep attempts per game. That is ones that are over 20 plus yards. 20% accuracy on those throws, Pete, and a 3.8 QB rating. Also under pressure, a 36.7 QB rating. And he's only completed uh, 33% of those throws. All right. Which one's the lie? So Carson Wentz is the lie. Carson Wentz, in fact, uh, if you cannot blame his offensive line. He's been terrible, terrible regardless of the situation. Carson Wentz this year, 42.8 QB rating when he's throwing over 2.5 seconds. So these are the times where he actually has a good amount of time in the pocket. Uh, 2.5 seconds being PFF's metric, actually, for what defines a good pocket or a bad pocket. And yeah, he's, he can have all the time in the world, and he still sucks. Wow. All right. Yeah. Cause I knew their offensive line was bad, but that was why this question was tricky because it was, that was the red herring. It's just, he's yeah. been bad regardless. All right. Yeah. Actually also one thing too, that I like to use is a, a good kind of baseline for a guy and what he's doing in ideal situations uh, in a clean pocket. Carson Wentz only a 77.8 QB rating, um, a 4.0 or actually a 4% flat um, interception rate in a clean pocket. So he can have time and he's still not able to actually do anything, which is, baffling to me given how a couple of years ago this dude looked like the future of the league was running well was throwing deep balls he looked like josh allen like people are treating him now and uh yeah he's apparently not good at least in this limited sample size i won't say he's washed but he might be a dusty guy more than a do guy yeah no i uh i'm with you on that one i uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna lean you're gonna lean dusty there it's, it's crazy. I mean, the Eagles, I they have some of the weapons here, though. Granted, guys like Alshon Jeffrey have been out all year. Um, and let's talk about this this guy coming up now because injuries that actually matter. I would say that his injury, uh, Alshon Jeffrey expected to get back in this week, but then missed practice due to an illness. Uh, he was limited. Now it looks like he'll be closer to out. Deshaun Jackson limited in practice. Um, if these weapons get back in there, Pete, I, do you think these injuries actually matter? Because we didn't talk about them in advance. And I think the Eagles offense, just because they're running out basically guys who are the Tyler Johnson equivalencies on their roster. Uh, I think these injuries matter, but I don't expect either guy to play given what we know. Yeah, no, they they definitely need weapons bad. They drafted the rookie Jalen Rager in the first round. They were hoping for big things from him. He's on IR right now. I don't think he can come back 
uh, until like after week nine or 10. So yeah, they, they need weapons uh, and guys that can really break off big plays. Miles Sanders is getting a nice workload, but they just don't seem to be getting, dare I say, Chris, any splash plays in this offense. Deshaun Jackson, we know can do that uh, when he's healthy, but man, he's just always banged up. Yeah, I, I don't like the Philadelphia offense at all. I mean, the fact that they got away with a, a win in, against that game against San Francisco on Monday when they just got destroyed by George Kittle over and over again. And uh, George Kittle kind of reminding everybody what a destructive, I guess Sunday night rather, uh, what a destructive force that he could be when he's actually running routes and not being kept in the block. And um, his team, I guess also a relevant injury that matters. Uh, Raheem Mostert currently limited in practice. Seems like he's trending cl- uh, closer towards playing, which is important because Jarek McKinnon picked up a lot of that work. It seemed like Jeff Wilson uh, maybe lost some of his role that he had the week before but how are you feeling about the Niners backfield here with most air limited in practice and a clearly a guy who can upset this backfield with McKinnon getting a lot of work yeah I was selfishly kind of hoping he'd miss one more because it was kind of sneaky that Jarek McKinnon was just a full-blown bell cow last week because it was two weeks ago it was like yeah Jeff Wilson was really in the mix and then they really ramped up McKinnon's touches and that would have been fun to start him again this week but yeah now that Mostert comes back, I think we're back to kind of a messy backfield. And you just got to assume Mostert's looks so good that they are going to give him the, the lead workload in this offense. I think it's me. It's more of a thing where I don't really trust either guy to play. Like I have Mostert in, in season long, and I, I don't know that I would want to play him over some other guys. If you have guys who are capable and are getting enough work, like McKinnon, I think, has looked good uh, without you know, most aired out there and without Coleman as well. Um, and Jeff Wilson, you know, again, getting a little bit of a demotion there. I just feel like either guy, you know, the Niners offense is so good at running the ball. Maybe they are in play, but like when you have these two guys coming in and most was barely on the cusp of being a bell cow, like he was still shy of 20 touches a game. Like maybe he doesn't get enough where then you need the gigantic 50 yard plays from him. And that would scare me off of playing him too. Yeah. I think uh, it is definitely scary. We have seen Kyle Shanahan's offense be able to support two running backs, though, if it is fairly condensed. The question is, is Jeff Wilson still involved? If it's three of them, then it's just all bets are off. But we can live with a two-man backfield. It's still a very high over-under for San Francisco this week. Uh, 29.3 implied points for them going against Miami, which I guess you might expect, but... Uh, they are apparently looking pretty good. And uh, CJ Beathard, I guess uh, another injury that could matter. Um, I, is Garoppolo practicing? Because I, I, it seems like he's in on this projection uh, system that I'm looking at right now. But I, I'm ready for Beathard to play because I don't know that I trust that Garoppolo is actually going to be playing. Yeah, so he was limited in practice uh, today. And it seems like he's trending in the right direction. But I guess if the Niners, uh, I guess they'll just have to make that call on Sunday after he tests it out. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Well, also Nick Mullins getting benched, uh, kind of a downer where people, I, I think when he got back in there, they thought I, there was some faint hope that I saw on Twitter. And I think even the announcers in one of the games talked about it where, you know, Nick Mullins, people wanted him to start over Jimmy Garoppolo last year where he looked, you know, pretty good in his run. And uh, Nick Mullins falling out of favor that fast. We're already back to Beathard. Yeah, I know. It's There's always the rumors. It's like, are, are these guys actually better than Garoppolo just because Shanahan's scheme makes these quarterbacks look fairly competent? But no, they, they need Garoppolo back. Yeah, they definitely. I think he's clearly the guy, and then either way, they're paying him like the guy, so he's going to play regardless. Um, actually, some injuries that maybe don't matter quite as much, which I didn't put on our prep sheet, but uh, the QB changes. Uh, Joe Flacco expected to start for the Jets. Is is that one? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I imagine that's not going to give you a ton of Jets interest, but I feel like we have to talk about Sam Darnold not starting. So Joe Flacco, in consideration for you against Arizona, who is going to score? I guess. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm kind of interested in both the Kyle Allen and Joe Flacco, whether you call them upgrades, downgrades, lateral grades for what they do for the tight end, because both Logan Thomas and Chris Herndon have just really been underperforming relative to expectations. Logan Thomas's expectations, granted, came later on in the offseason, but you just got to hope a change of scenery, a change of pace, different, different look maybe unlocks these guys because they should be more steady tight ends in their offenses. Yeah, I would think that Kyle Allen has a better shot of being useful this week than Joe Flacco. I mean, no disrespect to uh, what Joe Flacco did that one year that he was good and then that made his entire career. <laughs> but I, I feel like Joe Flacco, I honestly do think he's gotten kind of a bad rap like in Baltimore where he wasn't that much worse you know, than uh, than people would expect, I guess. It might have even been better that year they benched him for Lamar or you know, I guess he was hurt then Lamar came in and they were just like, yeah, I think we're, we're done with the Flacco era. I get it, but... Um, he still probably deserved more of a chance to start somewhere. Yeah, I know. It, it is the ultimate, like, just stop gap, you know, backstop quarterback thing for uh, Flacco. You, you don't get excited about him, but I do think he can support, you know, Jamison Crowder returned, soaked up a ton of volume. I, I think Jamison Crowder will be fine uh, with Joe Flacco. And, you know, no one's excited about these offenses anyway. So could it could it honestly get much worse? True. And I would say, too, you know, there is a chance for uh, Jeff Smith again this week, Rashad Perriman and kind of a surprising guy who's going to be out week five, it looks like. Uh, so Jeff Smith got a lot of that work outside and maybe, you know, against Arizona, if they do get results, which you'd hope for for the Cardinals. I mean, this could be a spot where the Jets get going. Uh, where are we? We have no Ian in the waiting room, right? Oh, he literally just popped wow. in. He heard it. His ears were Ooh. burning. Look who is joining us right now. It is Ian Harditz from Pro Football Focus. How we doing, Ian? What's up, dudes? Saw Lauren Fernandez first snap. Just now, victory information before the half. Uh, good stuff. Was that, wait, he actually got a snap, so that was his emergency, was like, just in case we need to kneel down, let's get Leonard out there. <laughs> Apparently, man. Apparently. What a, what a All right, Ian, how are things going with you, man? I'd say you're on PFF now. You've changed the last time that I spoke to you publicly on a show, and how's the, the game over there for you? We're doing the PFF fantasy podcast. You're obviously doing all the stuff you normally do. The Chopper plays now uh, a format that you're doing an article form. So how are things going with you in the new site? Yeah, right. When I really start, you know, publicizing the more, I just start, you know, not being able to hit a single one. So that's been, you know, a struggle, but uh, we're, we're still back on the grind. We'll see what happens. I, I, at a minimum, I can explain the process a little more so I don't get as much shit. But no, it's been good. Honestly, the biggest thing for me is just not quite so much news coverage. I mean, shout out to all the Roto World guys that can grind through that, man. There's nothing harder than staring at TweetDeck for like six straight hours and just uh, <laughs> respond to everything. So now, Focus on the pod life, the articles, the dogs, and life is good. Hey, God, Ian. Well, I've seen your Twitter game. You're staring at TweetDeck all day regardless of whether you're grinding news blurbs. Did we no, lose you, Ian? Uh, I'm good now. I, sorry, guys, freeze up for a second. We good? <laughs> okay. I was just teasing you for saying uh, you're on Twitter all day anyways. I, you're still <laughs> staring at TweetDeck. <laughs> That's a good point. I did, like During the season, though, I got to try more to just, you know, I kind of tweet out shit that I find in the articles, not scrolling as much. It's hard, though, man. Like I want to interact with people, but I hate when you, know, you tweet something about like Dak Prescott and the first five replies are like, hey, so between James Robinson and uh, Leonard Fournette, he's going to start this week. 
you yeah. are now in that echelon of fantasy analysts where half your mentions are just going to be really dumb start sick questions. And I am, that is one thing I'm not jealous of one, one bit. <laughs> Dude, I, try, I literally used to try to respond to every single one. I was like, well, I, I think I'm so big time. I can't like respond to anything, but it, it, it just, it gets hard during the season, man. The, the next hard. stage is like, go look at my rankings. Like I feel like that's, you give them the link and then you yeah. eventually <laughs> just stop replying entirely. Maybe even mute them if they ask the question. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The thing about the rankings though, I've never really cared for those, man. You just can't really explain yourself. The one competition you can enter, you're pretty much giving away stuff for free. So I don't know how I feel about that. And I don't know, like I, I do try to write about every player and give a paragraph and stuff. So I, I try to point them to that, but it's, it's, it's a complicated industry we live in. <laughs> So let's do the week five over you real fast. And then we'll do uh we gotta do one segment here with Ian. Cause of course the chopper plays the helicopter plays, you know, the ASCII art that you've seen him drop on Twitter <laughs> and you're following him. And I feel like that's one that we have to do a bit on, but first the week five over you with all the coronavirus stuff, uh, Tennessee, I feel like continues to threaten the league, like a bond villain with their coronavirus spread Buffalo, Tennessee moved to Tuesday, at least potentially a game that might not play Denver, New England. It seems like officially moved to Monday at the very least, but uh, Ian, how does this change the game for you with these games moving around? And I guess do you have any read on the debate too, where people are like, oh, what do I do as a fantasy commissioner? I feel like, I don't know, man, just throw your hands up and do what everybody else. <laughs> it just sucks. Yeah. I mean, it affects, impacts everyone, especially those of us that have been preaching uh, AJ Brown wide receiver one over the past six months. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it sounds like they're gonna maybe be able to put it in. I, I, I don't know. I, I hope so. It, you know, obviously play, if it's close at all, play the other guy that we know will be out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I, I can't really predict it too well right now. Pete, you got to read on this COVID stuff here before we do the get to the chopper because we got to know we got to Ian's got to do his grind too. He's got to do the PFF fantasy podcast. Of course, you be subscribed to listen to every day. But Pete, any any reads here for you on the coronavirus spread in the NFL? Yeah, I would bet a lot of money that that game doesn't happen. I mean, the, the NFL is basically saying we're going to get no more positive tests tomorrow when every single day it's another <laughs> Titans positive case. So I'm not buying it. It sounds very idealistic. But yeah, I, I, I like just real quick on the thing, the leagues I've been in, people have been allowing you to submit a contingency player if your commissioner is willing to take on that extra workload of manually adjusting things after the fact. It is a nice thing uh, just because what are you going to do? If you have Josh Allen, that sucks. If you have to just guess if you're going to take a zero or risk it with him. So I don't know. The year of the backup quarterback thriving now more than ever, but let's do the get to the chopper thing is we got to make sure we get this in. And, and I feel like <laughs> Pete, why, why don't you set this up? Cause I feel like we had discussed this being a Rorschach test, maybe of, of what Ian sees compared to an NFL player. Uh, if we're going to look at these beautiful helicopters, but maybe you have a different read to set this bit up. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you guys. Really going on, you guys going on a limb here with that uh, artwork, man. Freaking <laughs> no, top no, no. Mod. Here's the deal. I have scoured Google images for various different chopper photos. And I like, like Spag said, this is your gut reaction. I want you to tell me the player that you associate with this image of a chopper. You can maybe give us a couple sentences of why this chopper style makes you think of a player. So this one looks to me like a, a military style thing. Who comes to mind here? Okay, with this one and uh, speaking week week five specifically, I see Mark Andrews kind of in that chopper. Like it's someone that's, you know, playing through some pain here, popping up on the injury <laughs> report with the uh, thigh injury, but still someone that we know is so reliable and gets us two touchdown games uh, almost as often as anyone. So even if it's not, you know, the shiniest and uh, sexiest helicopter you want to show off, got to feel good about its chances ahead of this uh, cushy matchup against the Bengals. I love it. Next up, we have whatever this thing is. Ian, 
what is the first thing that comes to mind? I think Antonio Gibson, because oh. I don't think anyone knows what he is just yet, but the ceiling is a freaking helicopter that can fly through the sky, man. The guy can do it all. He's got Ron Rivera, the guy that enabled Christian McCaffrey as his coach. He's got Kyle Allen, the guy that enabled Christian McCaffrey as his quarterback. Uh, I mean, it's only a matter of time until J.D. McKissick gets the hell out of here, and we're going to see that 5K price tag, you know, be an extra 1000 or so more. I like it. It is kind of the little jitterbug. Of, it's a scat uh, back, a scat back helicopter. Yeah, there you go. All right. This helicopter, it looks like it's blown an engine here. It is on fire. Who could this be? <laughs> uh, looks like Jarvis Landry from last week. Uh, it, it, it might as well be Odell Beckham, uh, you know, moving forward, though. It's just going to be so hit or miss with him, man. I mean, when he when everything works, it's absolutely fantastic. And we saw what the guy can do when he's uh, when he's healthy. But, man, oh, man, we're going to see some of these just five, six target games where Baker's not and. Yeah, that's going to happen. That, this answer feels like you are still salty that you didn't pick Odell for your chopper play. He didn't qualify. It was too chalky. Too chalky. No, I. that's what I do appreciate. Uh, you get, like, it's always like the DFS assholes too that get so upset at you, which is like, you're not even using Ian's chopper play for your lineup. So just relax, relax, assholes. Next up, here is a chopper that is getting pulled out of the water. I mean, this could, uh, this could be a lot of different things. What about this one? Sorry, guys. Oh, we got some like, that, that felt like a very <laughs> deliberate, dramatic pause. Like, I don't even know where to go with this one. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I froze up there for a sec. Yeah. That thing is freaking sunk. I'm going go with Devontae <laughs> Parker. He's uh, okay. about. <laughs> By the way, I've now listed the four finalists for this week here. Just, you know, uh, really going on with it. But the thing with Devontae is the targets are there. We know the talent's there. The 49ers secondary is all kind of banged up. I could see a scenario where, you know, that thing's flying, but also a scenario where, you know, okay, he doesn't look 100%. It is Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. We're sitting there in the third quarter, and the dude's got one catch for 10 yards, and then all of a sudden we're in the water. So, All right. We have one more for you here. This is those little chopper seeds that you sometimes see come off of a tree. Have you guys ever seen these when you grow up? Oh, okay. Is this a bug? He had a normal childhood. These things, they they chop. I can't believe Spags doesn't know what these is. Explain what this is to him, Ian. They like fly through the air, I think, man. I, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what these are, Specs? No, I've never seen it up close, zoomed in. It looks like some sort of like not safe for work thing we shouldn't be showing here. <laughs> oh okay. God. I want to hear Ian. So this is uh this is a very lo-fi chopper, but I, I want you to uh to give an analog here. Maybe it's just a seedling. Um here this is what we're doing. I'm showing Spags. I pulled up a YouTube. They are maple copters. They come out of the trees and they spin around like helicopters. Okay. I mean, I'm glad to know you're not making it up, I guess. I grew up in New York. I live in LA. Like I didn't, I don't, we didn't have maple copters flying about in the, in the big city. So I don't know. I could be wrong. I ever get paid. I get one of those things in my front yard. <laughs> and you get to get maple syrup out of them. That'd be the question I have. All right. So we do need a cop for this though, Ian. Oh, I'm going with uh, Miles Sanders because everything looks right. And then it's like, all right, against the Steelers, like, get, get the hell out of here. I, I can't do it. There a perfect we go. natural helicopter, apparently, according to those YouTube captions. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, thank you, Ian, for indulging our various choppers there. It sounds like you have a vendetta against Odell Beckham, and I can't blame you. <laughs> 
And uh, now it's right. time here. We got to make the most here of Ian. We got to use his brain to help out the ride or die picks, which of course Pete needs that help more than ever after a tough loss last week. Ian, did you know that that Pete went over in our ride or die picks, which despite him changing the rules to benefit himself, he still put up zero points. And uh, for a thought leader, I feel like that if you want to shame him, Ian, I'll allow it. I don't want to lead you in any way, but if you want to shame Pete real fast. Yo, give me two seconds. I'm going to uh, be get better Wi-Fi. Okay. okay. All right, so uh, yeah, he couldn't even handle it, Pete. He was too disgusted by, <laughs> by my maple chopper. Um, <laughs> that is the thing. I didn't tell Ian about my track record in these contests. I wanted him to come on and think that I'm some kind of sports betting savant. <laughs> we want to impress our cool friends over at PFF. And, and again, you should be watching that PFF, uh, wa not watching, I guess it's only an audio podcast, but subscribe to the PFF fantasy podcast. Uh, you know, Ian's doing a great job. He's been really a guy who I think deserved the shot to be PFF's lead fantasy guy and is killing it with the podcast and the ones that I I've checked out. So uh, make sure you're checking out what Ian's doing over there. And um, yeah, I don't know. Maple choppers. I feel like I'm just, I'm never going to buy in. I feel like it feels like a terrible cereal brand that you would buy. It's like the generic brand. <laughs> it tastes like waffle crisp. Those of us that grew up in the middle of America and had a classic childhood know what the maple choppers are. Thank God Ian's back. So we can stop talking about these plants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, were you I, ready I had to relocate to mom's official basements. Now I'm back in, you know, my <laughs> native area. There we you go. got the setup though. You got all the swag behind you. If you need to sell them to, if things ever take a bad turn in fantasy, you're ready to go. <laughs> all right, let's get it to ride or die picks. Of course, the ride or die picks are uh, the ones that we'll swear by every week. And, and Pete, unfortunately has to swear by them as well. Even they're in his O for weeks. Uh, it's been two weeks or, th or I guess three weeks that we've had uh, that have had positive results for us where I've won two of them. Pete's won one of them. We have one tie. And this week, Ian can crush us as part of his knowledge base here from PFF. Let's go game by game here. Give one pick per game. Philadelphia getting 18.5 implied points against Pittsburgh getting 25.5. Uh, the line here is at 44 over and under. Ian, you are the guest. So pick one fantasy play, bet, prop bet, whatever you want from this one. And we'll give it a point value. And we could see if you live up to the hype of PFF. <laughs> I'm going uh, a little bit softer on this. So I'm just taking the Steelers uh, minus seven, I believe, is where I saw the line at. Just think there's too many injuries. This is like the kryptonite for Wentz here. I mean, this defense quite literally pressuring opposing quarterbacks on 50% of the dropbacks. No one else is even at 40. So right now, Wentz, 14 turnover-worthy plays. No one else has more than eight. I like. I'm holding my breath the entire time I watch this dude. He's always kind of been this off-script, you know, borderline reckless guy. And more than ever now that he has no one to throw to, he's running more often than ever. I mean, if you're in some like you know 16. Team, like non-dynasty weird league get Jalen Hurts on your bench because I don't know how much longer Wentz can make this happen yeah you missed the stat that we had earlier where um Carson Wentz apparently uh when he's holding the ball over two and a half seconds so theoretically time that he's got a little bit of room in the pocket to operate only a 48 QB rating uh which is a, a PFF stat that I enjoy and clean pocket too not much better so he's been legitimately awful but Pete maybe you want to take him and be contrarian you know what? I was going to do the same pick that Ian took, but I am going to think on the fly here. I'm going Deontay Johnson over 20 fantasy points. He should be out of the concussion protocol. I'm part of that camp that thinks Deontay Johnson is the number one in this offense, despite loving Juju. Book it, Deontay Johnson, back with a vengeance. And I'll keep riding my strategy from last week. I'll take James Conner getting over 20 fantasy points. He's going to be about under 5% owned, it looks like. And uh, I think he's a steady play that people just block out mentally because he's always banged up and hurt. And uh, that's going to be your failing if you don't play James Conner this week. 
Um, next game up here, Arizona getting 27 implied points against the Jets. We're getting 20 implied points over under a 47. Uh, Pete, you can go first here and show us how it's done or not done more accurately. Yeah, I'm going to grab the spread bets here. I need to get as many of these little gimmies as I can get. And I think Arizona minus seven, even though they're on the road at the Jets, I just think they're in a different class. As far as a, a football team here, we're getting DeAndre Hopkins back to full health, Christian Kirk getting back to full health. Who knows? Maybe even Kenyon Drake will emerge from his long slumber. Give me Arizona minus seven. Ian, how do you feel here? You want some Kenyon Drake or do you want some other part of this game here with Arizona and the Jets? Well, Pete took mine, so I guess I'll have to also think on my feet here. I'm going to go with ooh, I'm gonna go with Larry Fitzgerald under 10 yards again. Like, this guy cannot even sniff double-digit yards right now. Maybe even his bench for Andy Isabella at some point. I know a friend of the friend of the pod, Adam Levitan, has certainly been calling for that uh, for long enough. But this guy is so dusty at some point. I feel like A.J. Green has overshadowed it almost a little bit. And, yeah, just uh, continuing to get locked down because Larry Fitz can't do it anymore. I'm just going to take Arizona straight up. They're a seven-point favorite on the road. Normally not a spot you want to take, but no fans in New York. There might not have been any way, even if there weren't a pandemic. So it doesn't matter here. I'll take Cardinals to walk away with this one easily, even though kind of looked bad the last few weeks. Which You're just you're just copying me is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't care. I'm not caring about the competition here. I care about the best possible pick. That's why it's a ride-or-die pick. That's why some of us get public eulogies on the show. <laughs> <laughs> next game up here we got carolina getting 26.8 implied points against atlanta uh this game here a pretty high over under 54.5 uh, points for the game and um I'll, i guess i'll take the first one here i will go with dj moore with a rebound game here getting over 20 fantasy points i think robbie anderson's the wide receiver one there but i do think dj moore is still cheap enough to have value against a crappy crappy atlanta team pete you're dying inside because I took DJ Moore here. Yeah, I want no, that was my pick. I wanted to take a stand. Everyone's now saying Robbie Anderson's the one, and I get that. He out-targeted him 11 to 6. But no, I'm I'm on the DJ Moore train. I will improvise. I will say Mike Davis, aka Christian McCaffrey. I can't say 20 points because that's almost that's too easy. That's this projection. It's projections like 21 points. All right. So I'm gonna take over 25 points. Mike Davis continues to smash. All right. Ian, what do you got? Oh no, the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Ian, you there? Ian, Ian. Okay, here we go. You guys are freezing on me a couple times. All right, I am going with the Panthers plus one and a half. To me, this is the matchup that stands out this week that felt like uh, Lions-Cardinals in week three and then Browns-Cowboys in week four, where you know, at first you get it and then you're like, wait, are we sure this team should even be the underdog? <laughs> because no Julio, the secondary is all kinds of banged up. And just, I mean, Falcons haven't been playing good all year. I feel like the Panthers are getting better. We should expect them to get better with, you know, the amount of continuity they just didn't have, uh, you know, going into this year. And yeah, Teddy, Robbie, DJ, like we're all fighting over Robbie and DJ. It's like, it's a good offense. They have multiple guys out there. Yeah, a lot of ownership go to this Carolina side of the equation here, but not a lot going to Teddy Bridgewater. So Teddy Two Gloves, uh, as mobile as can be lately in this year, maybe maybe some stack potential here for Carolina. Uh, let's keep going fast here so we can get Ian back to his focus here on Thursday Night Football so we can bring you guys the best possible content on the PFF Fantasy Podcast. Got Jacksonville getting 24.3 implied points against Houston. It's getting 30.3 implied points. I think Houston puts it down in a big way this week. So I'm going to put my claim in first. I'm not even going to be a gentleman and let you guys go first. I think the stack here, uh, the Houston stack with Will Fuller 
and with oh who's even the other guy to go with fuller well fuller and i guess cobb gets 40 fantasy oh God, you're too scared of the cook's bagel you can't go you're so, i don't think he's playing ahead of stills maybe ian do you know more about this with stills running a little bit ahead of cooks it looked like last game cooks is actually out there more than just about anyone i know stills was the one getting the targets uh someone brought up a good point where it does seem like cooks has been running more like kind of uh, clear out stuff and like the only time we saw him really get the targets was week two and will fuller was sidelined for part of the game with the hamstring injury so you know it's weird to say and you know pff put like some graphic out today where i've been getting ripped apart on it but will <laughs> fuller will fuller is truly like the only wide receiver in this offense you can trust as weird as that sounds yeah uh, Spags, I'm going to take the other side here. I, I don't think that Houston they're Owen four right now. And you're telling me they're a six point favorite. Dead, I know dead, co dead coach bounce back. That's how it goes. The coach gets fired. Things bounce. You know, that's how it always is. I just in general, they you know, him. they hated him. Hey, you get your side of the bet. I get my side <laughs> of the bet. These I'm gonna like the presidential debates. I'm going to keep steamrolling. <laughs> <laughs> it's your, let me talk. There's a fly on your head, Spags. Um, I uh, I wanted to, of course, do something with LaVisca Chanel. I haven't heard much uh, reports about his hamstring injury, so I'm not going to go there for the 20 fantasy points. I'm just going to take Jacksonville plus six with the points. All right. Ian, your right. pick. I, I'm going to Will Fuller, 100-plus yards and a touchdown. He had the goose egg. We know that's in Will Fuller's possible range of outcomes. Like We know this guy has a low floor. But other than that, eight catches, 112 yards in week one, four for 54 and one touchdown in week two, most recently 108 yards and a score. And C.J. Henderson's banged up, Trey Herndon, D.J. Hayden. We don't care about these guys, and they can't pressure the quarterback. So I think uh, Fuller, truly one of the better wide receivers in the league. Keep him in starting lineups. I think this could be another big one. Yeah, going against Jacksonville, not quite the same situation as Fuller had in that one against Baltimore. Uh, next game up here, the Rams getting 26 implied points. Washington football team getting 19 implied points. Again, Kyle Allen starting for Dwayne Haskins, so maybe a bit of a, a dead count bounce there, switching between uh, the quarterbacks there. Um, Pete, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I will say Kyle Allen unlocks Terry McLaurin. 20-plus fantasy points. I'm not scared. Terry McLaurin is quarterback-proof. Kyle Allen... Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, it doesn't matter. F1's going to ball out. All right, Ian, what do you think here in this game between the Rams and Washington? <laughs> oh, no. That, that one second delay. <laughs> why, why Ian catches up, I just saw Ronald Jones rip off a huge he did, run yeah, here. He's looking good. He's looking yeah. good. Looking feisty. We got you, Ian. Yeah, you guys are talking about unlocking Terry McLaurin. He's already unlocked. He's already a top 11 receiver. So I, I think he's going to keep on keeping on for sure. So I'm with you there. And uh, But no, so I, I'm going with uh, in this spot. Antonio, I, I've been, I, I studied up for this one. I was doing some research. I'm going, so I want the 10 points. Antonio Gibson in the winning Millie Maker lineup. I Ooh. think, uh, you know, last week we saw him and he looked like the second best player on his offense behind Terry McLaurin. It was in a tough matchup uh, against the Ravens. McKissick is still there at 54% snaps and eight targets. But like, to me, like my expectation for Gibson was he was going to have the high target total, be the scat back and one of Bryce Love or Peyton Barber would kind of be annoyingly involved in the early downs. Uh, Gibson has early down work already. I mean, I think it's a matter of when, not if he takes over the full thing uh, from McKissick. So again, I mentioned this before. I mean, Ron Rivera, the guy that made McCaffrey happen, he's compared Gibson to McCaffrey at some point he's going to get this future workload and I think we should try to be ahead of that. Yeah, Gibson's still a better yards per cash guy than McKissick on the year, 9.7.1. So maybe that workload does switch. Next game up here, Cincinnati getting 19 implied points against Baltimore, getting 32 implied points for them and over under a 51. And um, Ian, I'll let you go first. Sorry, Baltimore? Yeah, uh, Cincinnati, Baltimore. 
Okay, I like this one. Auden Tate scores a touchdown. My freaking <laughs> guy. So if you look at the entire Bengals team, minimum five targets, entire Bengals team, the only guy averaging more yards per target than Auden Tate is Tyler Boyd. A.J. Green's sitting there at 3.6. Let the takeover happen already. Auden Tate has never had an NFL game where he only caught three of 13 targets. It's absolutely ridiculous the slander he gets out there. People act like contested catches are a bad thing with this guy. You can take a lack of separation. I'll take the touchdown he scores this Sunday. I got to say, Spags, that's a 10-pointer, right? Auden Tate yeah. touchdowns, 10 points. I mean, it, it is in the perspective of a person who has a, a sane mind here, but Ian's been telling the, that Auden Tate train <laughs> since, like, May. So, like, that's, for him, it's a one-pointer, but for the this rest of us, This is the week. Yeah, Let's go. <laughs> Pete, what do you got? See, now I'm getting caught up in Ian's shot-taking here, and now I'm like, <laughs> I want to do something crazy. Okay, Devin Duvernay scores a touchdown. I want in on the fun. <laughs> okay. oh, I like it. I like it. Um, I will say Marquise Brown over 20 fantasy points. That's maybe not exciting, but he's an air yards king going against the Cincinnati team who's going to keep slinging it throughout the game. So I feel like they do put it down here. Marquise Brown let down the stack last week. This week, I think he's the one who comes through. Gigantic, though, total for Baltimore. Somebody's got to score a lot here. See what happens with me every week on this show, Ian. I try to do fun picks like... You know, Auden Tate scores a touchdown and Spags just takes the layups. <laughs> Congratulations, Spags. You're the 100th person to be on Marquise Brown this week. Look, it's it's not a helicopter. It's maybe a slight <laughs> levitation like David Blaine where I stand on my tippy toes <laughs> and the camera cuts around. <laughs> but it still counts. I'm in the air. That's all that matters. Next game up, Vegas getting 21.5 implied points against Kansas City, who is a 12-point favorite at home, 33.5 implied points, over under a 55 in this game. Uh, the under, though, getting bet down a lot throughout the week and um i think i'll take the under here i feel like the the raiders making it ugly and i feel like i'm not going to take a sexy bet because pete i'm being spiteful towards pete so that's why i'll take the under <laughs> all right chris i am going to combine uh our tro my future troll play of the week with my ride or die pick deandre washington is going to be active for the chiefs this week they're calling him up the mentor darrell williams darwin thompson they're not getting it done I am saying in a week where Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be mega chalk, DeAndre Washington scores a touchdown for the Chiefs. Troll uh, play of the week. You know, how does that feel to you? You want to take a one on one up Pete shot there with DeAndre Washington? I don't know. I like that one a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. Josh Jacobs, 100 plus yards and a touchdown. You know, this isn't, I, I feel like it's not ridiculous, but I've got some start sit questions like with Jacobs so far, just because they think, you know, Chiefs are a touchdown favorite. They're probably going to get up, but we've seen a different you know, usage with Jacobs so far this year. He's not going to catch 100 passes, even though maybe he could, but the dude's on pace for 384 touches. I feel like we're looking at, you know, Joe Mixon week all over again, where people are just kind of getting upset about the possibilities, but the guy's still, anyone's idea of a top 12 back, Chiefs have allowed a league high 2.6 yards before contact uh, per rush. I know people were kind of losing their mind over Damon Harris. A whole lot of those runs where no one was even touching him until he was uh, about 10 yards downfield. I think Jacobs is going to have a big game, even if the Raiders lose big. Yeah, Jacobs third in the league and in, uh, intended touches per game behind uh, Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. So definitely a, a linchpin of that uh, Vegas offense that somehow getting results so far. Uh, next game up, Miami getting 20.3 implied points against San Francisco, getting 29.3 implied points over under a 49.5. Uh, some injury questions that we talked about earlier with Raheem Mostert and Jarek McKinnon, you know, maybe that being a shared backfield now. Um, I don't love anything this game. So Pete, I'll let you go first. 
Yeah, I feel like people are a little spooked off of Miles Gaskin just because he didn't fill up the box score, but all of his underlying usage is still really solid. I get the concern. It feels like any week, all of a sudden, Matt Breida gets 10 touches or whatever, but I'm going to keep riding Miles Gaskin. I'll say over 20 fantasy points. I think he's a really nice DFS play at 4,800. Okay, going against tough defense, but certainly you guys getting the workload. Ian, how about you in this game with Miami and the Niners? If Gaskin just wasn't losing those uh, goal line carries to Dark Visor, Jordan Howard, man, he'd be having himself a hell of a year. Uh, I'm going with Devontae Parker, 100 plus and a touchdown. You know, talked about him a little bit in the helicopter segment, but team high 29 targets. He's locked in. I feel like Fitzpatrick, he's feeling the heat a little bit now. I mean, the two of cries louder than ever. And Fitzpatrick has been so weird this year. Only Breeze and Daniel Jones have a lower deep ball rate. I mean, we have not seen the YOLO ball Fitzpatrick guy we've always seen so far. I think Fitz gets back to his roots. He's playing a banged up 49er secondary. I know they've looked up okay over the past two weeks but they faced Wentz and freaking Daniel Jones I think now that they're getting you know a non-NFC East offense to play against we're going to see them not, again not be bad but just not be this elite secondary that they are when they're fully healthy all right and the next game up here we got actually wait, did I take one from this no I didn't uh crap I hate everything in this one I guess if George Kittle's gonna be running routes as often as he is I think that he is in the millionaire maker winning lineup um I, he ran a, a shockingly high amount of routes just behind Brandon Ayuk last week and I feel like maybe that's just what this offense needs right now is him out there a bit more against Miami too. can pile it on. I think he's the, the far and away tight end play. And as a result, he makes it in the millionaire maker. So George Kittle for me there. Um, next game up, Indianapolis getting 23.5 implied points at Cleveland, who's getting 22.5 implied points. So one point underdog at home over under a 46 in this game. That one's come down a point over the course of the week so far. Ian, I'll let you go first in this game that honestly looks kind of ugly based upon the Vegas totals. I'm going to go troll play of the week. Jordan <laughs> Wilkins somehow finds the end zone twice. Once once in like the first three quarters, and we're like, that's unfortunate. And then another one at the end of the game when it's out of reach to really uh, kick everyone when they're down. Jonathan Taylor is going to be okay. Keep treating him as an RB1, but it is uh, funny how involved Wilkins has been despite Mac being out. So Jordan Wilkins getting that helicopter art this week. It feels like based upon that take. Maybe, maybe. Pete, you go ahead. Yeah, I am going to I'm going to do a gimme here, uh, a little one pointer. I'm going to take Cleveland one and a half at home. I do not think they should be underdogs to the Colts here. The Colts, just their style of play has been uninspiring to me. Maybe if they were given Jonathan Taylor 20 plus touches a game, I'd be more scared. But uh, when they're giving them to troll play of the week, Jordan Wilkins, I ain't scared. Give me Cleveland plus one and a half. Uh, can I take Kareem Hunt over 20? Is that, is that an okay one? No. Yo, you can do the 25 like I did for uh, Mike Davis. All right, sure. you know, I'll take the Kareem Hunt 25, over 25 fantasy points here. I just feel like uh, there's going to be some touches that go to the Hilliards and the, the Ernest Johnsons of the world, but I do think Kareem Hunt has been probably waiting for this moment for a while since he had to take a, a backup job basically after uh, his unfortunate, uh, terrible conduct as a human being. Uh, so Cleveland going to run the ball either way, and Kareem Hunt going to be the beneficiary. So that's my pick for this one. Uh, next game up, and I think this is actually the last one of the main slate on Sunday because of the things moving around, unless I screwed something up here. Giants getting 22.3 implied points at Dallas, getting 31.8 implied points over under a 54 here. I'm just going to take the over. I'm uh, this at some point it's going to be wrong with the Cowboys, but they, they can't defend. They play too fast. Everything is voting for Daniel Jones having the breakout game, but I'll just take the easy one with the over. Ian, I'll go to you here. Yeah, I had the over as well. My new rules is if the over doesn't start with a six in the Cowboys game, we got to, <laughs> we got to take the over on that one. So I'll go with, uh, let's go golden Tate 
over 20 DraftKings points because Darius Slayton is the one everyone's going to. And for good reason, I could see him getting back on track as well. But I mean, Golden Tate's that next guy up, and he's been out there. You know, he's got – I feel like he's got, you know, even bigger chip on his shoulder after the whole Jalen Ramsey incident last week. And, you know, he is someone that just I feel like has always kind of had the Cowboys numbers. Uh, one of the better – one of the better throwback uh, gifts I think you find out there is that crackback uh, block he had against Sean Lee about a half decade ago. So Golden Tate, chip on his shoulder. This game's going to score 60-plus points. I think he gets a big game. All right, Pete, what do you got in this one? Yeah, you know, I've been looking at my scientific model for Dallas wide receivers, and it's one game, it's CeeDee Lamb. The next game, it's Michael Gallup. Last week was a CeeDee Lamb game. That means this week, it's a Michael Gallup week. Over 20 points for Michael Gallup. You know that Michael Gallup, uh, according to my old friends at Osmo, still projected for higher ownership than CeeDee Lamb. People will not get off of Michael Gallup on any given week. He, They were off on that one, though. The the ownership levels uh, were lower in the, yeah. in the higher stuff. But they it, that did give me pause. And if they are equal, like you've got to take Lamb because he has a similar ceiling and he's going to be less volatile because he's not just being used exclusively down the field. But man, when Gallup gets going in these high-scoring games like he did in the Seahawks, it's fun. All right, and the last game here, the Sunday night game, Minnesota and Seattle, because again, it looks like Denver, New England, going to be moving to Monday at the the earliest, it seems, but uh, so we're not going to cover that. We'll cover that one on the Sunday night show. But this game with Minnesota and Seattle, uh, 57 point over under, pretty high for Minnesota um, and Seattle, I guess, but seven point spread here favoring Seattle. Uh, Ian, you can go first here before we let you go and do all the PFF stuff you have to do. Appreciate you guys. Not high enough, though, in my humble opinion. I'm going to still take the over here. I think both wow. offenses are going to just be a little too much for the opposing defenses. I mean, both secondaries dealing with all sorts of injuries at the moment and just kind of mediocre play even when they were healthy. I mean, one of the craziest stats I can even find right now is how the Seahawks have allowed a league high 1,345 yards to opposing wide receivers. In second place is the Browns at 845. So truly getting just boat raced by pretty much anyone they play. And I mean, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen right now have the second highest uh, condensed target share in terms of teams, just top two options from around the league. So even though Kirk Cousins doesn't throw all that much, he's number one in deep ball rate, you know, passes on 20 plus yards downfield, and he's focusing on his two baller wide receivers right now. So we already know what Russ can do against these guys. I think the, I think the Vikings are be in a situation. They'll have to keep up, and I think they got the guys to do it. All right, Pete, how about you here? Close it out with the Sunday night game. Yeah, I, I'm debating between two. I'm going to do the funner one. I, I wanted to take Seattle minus seven, but I, I've got Ian's, Ian's energy is contagious. I want to get crazy. I want to get wild. I'm thinking another troll TD from David Moore this week. Everyone hates it when it happens, but David Moore is very involved as the third wide receiver in this offense. I think he gets in the box. And I'm going to take uh, Adam Thielen as the the captain for the showdown winning lineup. It's hard to project these far out in advance because who knows how that can go. But Thielen getting a lot of air yards this year, uh, 130.7 per game. He's been a bigger deep threat than you would expect Adam Thielen to be. And um, he looks like that dude against the Seattle team. As Ian mentioned, uh, probably going to put up a lot of points. And Minnesota uh, also going to have to put up some points to keep up. All right, Ian, get the plug in before you do all of your prep for your podcast. Of course, the PFF Fantasy Podcast, killing it. PFF is a site, also the one that I go to for data. When when P- when AirYards.com died, PFF was there for me to pick <laughs> me up and carry me. Uh, there's one set of footprints, and PFF carried me, Ian. But give the plug for anything you want. Love those guys. Funny story about that. I couldn't find the air yards and I, I, I messaged Eric eager, you know, fucking genius. And, and I was like, Hey man, like any way we can get air yards from PFF. And he's like, 
dude, just like times targets by average target death. And I was like, Jesus, I'm, they, it's not, <laughs> so, so, so now the whole company probably thinks I'm just an idiot newcomer, but yeah. Yeah. So check out the PFF fantasy football podcast. If you want to take a, t- take a leap of faith with a guy like me, uh, uh, find me on Twitter at iHeart. It's got articles and a uh, podcast coming out throughout the week. Uh, l- always love talking with you guys. Uh, yeah. We'd love to do it again sometime with dudes. We appreciate you coming on, Ian. Thank you so much. And you know, check out Ian. And and yeah, Ian. Anything else? You? I don't know. I feel like we don't know how to quit on the show because we don't have guests. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll get rid of him. Get, get rid of this guy. His internet sucks. <laughs> he doesn't is- know what air yards are. Get out of here. <laughs> Peace we'll see, you, Ian. <laughs> see you, Ian. Thank you. All right, there goes Ian Harditz. Go follow him at iHarditz on Twitter. He's amazing. He's an amazing dude. He's one of my favorite dudes out there. I know, Pete, we've even talked about him like early on where you're just like, we just want a show that's like something that Ian Harditz would do. <laughs> basically that, it. And, um, he's the, like the, the football fantasy bro. I feel like he's like Evan Silva, but like if Evan Silva was going to like shotgun a beer, actually, they both might shotgun a beer occasionally. No, I love that uh, that ride or die. It feels like we all just like mainline cocaine and just like <laughs> rifled through the main plate. I think I said Devin Duvernay at one point. I don't know. I don't really remember. You were the most like you were a kid who got there's drugs being passed around a circle and you're like, yeah, I'll do all of them. I want to be Stephen <laughs> Duvernay, millionaire maker. Let's go. Yeah. Once he said Auden Tate, I was like, okay, all bets are off. <laughs> See, but for him though, that was like his equivalent of the Darius Slayton thing where I yeah. guess you got shamed out of taking Darius Slayton this week when Ian was like, Darius Slayton's a real asshole. I'm not going to take him. I'll yeah. go Golden Tate. But, but Ian's been all about Auden Tate for a while. And um, I feel like, you know, for him, that's just, you got to go down with the ship. And then when it's right, like Auden Tate apparently looked good in preseason, but you know, hasn't gotten there. AJ Green, by the way, I think, I think we're officially, for me, I'm saying Dusty. I cut him in my season long league this week. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the revolution. We were calling <laughs> it five weeks ago. Uh, all right. So we are almost done with the show, I guess. Uh, we need to do the giveaway. So we'll do that. That last plug here again for the Arnie Weinmeister three by five index card. Pete, you don't have to pull it, but you can do that at the end. One more time to show it off to make sure we can properly uh, get all the likes and subscribes and all the things we want. Oh, a little tease. Look at you. So how how are am I? Do I need to get the wheel up for? No, no. Like, I think just we're just going to pick somebody out of the comments. We'll pick. Okay. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll make it random, but like, honestly, if we like you a lot and you leave a comment, <laughs> how about this bags? How about you just make your case why you want the Arnie Weinmeister in the comments in the case that is the most convincing we'll get it. If yeah, you I treat it like your college essay when you're trying to yeah. get into trying to get into Dartmouth and then they're like, Hey, give us a uh, hundred words. <laughs> you doesn't have to be a hundred words. It could be a tweet length uh, comment there in the YouTube comments, but I uh, like the video and leave a comment telling us why you want this Arnie Weinmeister. There's so many reasons why you could want him. Of course, the innovator of the splash play, despite being a defensive tackle hall of famer short, there's so many things you can find on a Wikipedia page to make a compelling case. I really want to read a comment that I just see you have to click to expand more. It's like 500 words in the first sentence is like the definition of perseverance is <laughs> Arnie yeah. Weinmeister. We're, we're rewarding hustle, much like Arnie Weinmeister himself would. <laughs> we are rewarding hustle, and that's what we want here. So, like, leave a comment if you want to win that. Um, I guess is there anything? Do we uh, the troll equity play of the week? I feel like we sort of did, but you, maybe let's cement it here before we call it quits for this week. Yeah, I know. I I kind of got excited and ahead of myself there. We did get Ian's troll play of the week of Jordan Wilkins, but yeah, DeAndre Washington, he I'm like a little anchored to it because I was drafting him on a lot of best ball teams early on, thinking he would be the direct handcuff to CEH. And then they he just put him on the practice squad. And I was like, well, I'm an idiot. But I think Darrell Williams has been so ineffective that they finally want to see what they have in him. So I'm gonna go with him as my troll play there. 
Um, so this is a guy I don't think is going to have a crazy day by any stretch, but I bet he gets a touchdown and I bet it hurts Mike Davis's day. Um, Reggie Bonifon just getting enough work here where it's like not something that would happen if Christian McCaffrey no. were in the mix. Hey, and, wait, wait. I got to yeah. interrupt you. Reggie Bonifon's on IR. Oh, is he? Oh, he's out. Yeah. Of, all right. So who's the backup now then? It's, uh, um, is it Trent Cannon is who I want to say is the backup? Oh, God. Is that? Okay. Let's, yeah. Let's go. I'll go to the ESPN one to confirm. I didn't even know that. Thank you for, <laughs> yeah, even that pick. Yeah. What? The, oh, okay. All right. That, yeah. He is on IR. It is Trent Cannon. All right. So I guess Trent Cannon, the former New York Jet, a decent pass catcher. Uh, actually, you know, that actually makes it, I think, a more appealing play because I think he might be able to run some routes that Mike Davis couldn't. So Trent Cannon gets a touchdown and, and it doesn't ruin the Mike Davis day, but I feel like the Mike Davis day is going to look like more of a, an Alvin Kamara day where it's like, I feel okay about this, but this is not maybe winning me a tournament. Yeah, I mean, they're not as, as good as Mike Davis has been. They're not going to give him 35 touches. So yeah, mm. someone else is going to touch the ball in this backfield. Honestly, though, like if I were a coach, I would just be like, yeah, go ahead. Have a day, Mike Davis. Like you want to be Christian McCaffrey. It's basically like Christian McCaffrey fantasy camp. Like have fun. No, yeah, it is funny too, because you see, isn't it interesting? We see the coaches slow play the rookies. Like all of us are like, hey, play J.K. Dobbins. He's this electric talent you drafted and you're giving Gus Edwards, you know, 11 carries a game. But then when it's the veteran, they're like, yeah, Mike Davis, 45, you know, Adrian Peterson, we're going to run you into the ground because we just do not care. Yeah, Mike Davis, a uh, dude who didn't get any work going to Chicago when they, they signed him as their big free agent pickup and he lost his job to Tariq Cohen and to and actually he, I feel like he lost to Jordan Howard. He lost to Tariq Cohen. He lost to David Montgomery. And now he gets a shot in a Carolina offense that's uh, kind of explosive and, and an interesting one, but definitely prime troll material. He looks like he'll be the highest owned guy in NFL DFS this week. And um, I think that's everything we needed to hit this week, Pete, unless there's anything you feel like we forgot. Were there any video count things that were giving your OCD um, a mess? Are, are, no, no. So um, we, I mean, uh, if, we're, if we're being, if we're letting people in on the biz here, actually, one thing we should plug, uh, splashplaypodcast.com is the website that's now up. It's super basic, but if you ever want to see the most recent episode or, or get access to all of our feeds, whatever, if you're watching on YouTube or you just happen to, I don't know, stumble by, uh, that's the new website. So I guess I'll start putting that link in the description and, um, there you go. Yeah, you can see the website. It was, um, I would say not a half-assed effort, but like a, like a 66% ass I feel like was in there. No, I, I like it. Um, yeah, it's like, it's simple. Like, I feel like they, we just need somewhere that it's like, Hey, here's, you know, like here's the latest podcast and maybe, you know, people searching for fantasy football podcasts will come and be like, Oh, this website seems credible enough. <laughs> Um, I'm just, I'm just sending us an email saying that I want the Arnie Weinmeister <laughs> signed card. So, uh, yeah, no, check out the website. This looks really nice. Yeah. Splash play podcast and, uh, and the merch store is up on Teespring, even though we couldn't get Pete <laughs> back in access because it wasn't our fault. I think it's more Teespring's fault, but, uh, the store is up and I guess check the description. If you want to see the merch, I know a couple people left comments, uh, wanted to get a shirt, no pressure though. We won't hard sell you until Pete can finally buy merch. Then we can both wear merch on the show and then be like, if you want merch like this, go to blah, blah, blah. well, yeah, I, here, I'll pull it up right here. The shirt I want, I want this white hoodie with the, with the <laughs> big logo out. on it. <laughs> it's my favorite one of this store and, uh, it's sold out. And then I was like, you know what I'll settle for? Um, see, it's, it's great. It's great out. And so I was like, I'll settle for the white, uh, sweatshirt version. Nope. That one was sold out too. So I'm just going to have to wait. Because I was like, oh, this will be a good consolation. No, sold out. Yeah, because clearly the all of our products are flying off the shelves. It's not because it's a supplier that has a limited amount of white sweatshirts to go around. But that's strange. I guess people like you might be like the chalk, like 
merchandise <laughs> the chalk <donkey>. apparel yeah <laughs> you're a merchandise chalk donkey but you can see the url on there it's teespring.com slash store slash splash play pod we'll drop the link in the description if you want to check out the merch and see if it's available for you who knows in this in this crazy workaday world we appreciate you guys so hit the like button subscribe views going up podcast downloads going up that's all we can ever ask you guys so tell a friend tell ten thousand friends if you can um if you're in florida and everything's reopened just you know, walk into a football stadium and go hey check out the splash play podcast i think those guys are pretty good then cough on them then leave because that's what florida etiquette is i think isn't that that's what malcolm gladwell says you got to get ten thousand friends to listen to your podcast <laughs> and then cough on them i think he <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> expressly wants you to spread coronavirus but uh pete anything you want to say or a plug before we call it quits with your many line movement i did see you guys rolling it forward to your dismay uh the big money that you won in a lineup <laughs> you were like guys can we maybe take out our, our initial investment and yeah you got bullied into not taking it out yeah, you know, I just trying to practice good bankroll management. You know, I'm finally winning at DFS for the first time in my life. Maybe pay for all of the buy-ins over the years. No, we we registered for the Thunderdome. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll be playing for forty thousand dollars with uh, twenty five of our closest friends on Sunday. Wait, how much is the entry fee for that one? Five thousand dollars. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's a single entry. It is a single entry. Okay, that's good. At least you don't have to max multi-enter. <laughs> yeah, that would <laughs> not like the mega millionaire, the you know, the four thousand four hundred and forty-four dollar buy-in. I think Osimo had like 10 entries in that. <laughs> I saw yeah. that he and he like did okay, but probably like those are the things where like I would be going insane if I were doing that many lineups, and then that's the big money one. And you finish okay, we're like yeah, I mean, you didn't. You lost still ten thousand dollars, but you're like, I guess I can't feel bad about this. <laughs> that's yeah. the nature of high high stakes DFS. I know. I would. I assume at that point, you know, for someone like Osmo, he's just played so many yeah. slates, played so big that it, he's just he's numb to it all. He just wants a millionaire maker. Like you could tell. Like he, I know from working there for that Alex, uh, Alex Baker, of course, who is uh, the titular Osmo of Osmo.com. Um, he wants that so bad because he's won. Like I mean, he's won the equivalent of millionaire makers. I think he's like a good ten million in in terms of of uh, gross profits at least. And um, yeah, like, but you want that one feather in the cap of being a millionaire maker winner. Yeah, it's it. It's like the, it happens in poker too, right? Like there's these guys that crush in these, in these table games and cash games, but they want the world series of poker bracelet. That's where you get the prestige. I mean, honestly though, like I think our views would go up probably 10 X from being a millionaire maker winner, like in season. And we're doing a show like as long as we did it right. But then, then we both have to wear like uh suits with dollar signs on them and, <laughs> and like money uh, sunglasses. I, feel like I it, would do that. So what you're I, saying I, is we need to pull out of our splash play budget. Um, MME for the millionaire maker each week because there's I mean, too honestly, much. Though, like if I were to ever like win the millionaire maker, I would give away so much money on our first show because I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, like whatever. Like who cares? Because that's you get a hundo. You get a hundo. <laughs> honestly, though, like that's what so many other feeds out there do, where it's like, hey, retweet this and win twenty bucks. Like we tried to get clever. We're like, here's an Arnie Weinmeister index card, which granted may have fallen short of twenty dollars in terms of of theoretical value, emotional value. It's uh, completely priceless. But um, yeah, like I, maybe we just need to give away 20 bucks sometimes and we're, <laughs> we have one good DFS day. Yeah, who knows? Maybe with all my winnings, I'll slip a 20 in here. You know, who <laughs> knows? True. 
You do have possession of the card, but if you want possession of that card, like the video, leave a comment down below about why you deserve the Arnie Weinmeister, the Hall of Famer, this index card signed by him lovingly with his surprisingly girlish handwriting. Leave that down below. Otherwise, we will be back with you guys Sunday night after Sunday night football as always. We appreciate you guys. Again, hit that like button before you go. Give five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. We need it. We need you. Keep coming back, and we'll see you guys again soon. Have a good weekend.